Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fortress of Comic News, episode 268. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. Hey, everybody. Hey, what's going on? I'm here for the interview this week. Um, Just want to give a round of applause to Chris here for handling the Derek Robertson interview last week. He did it. Did me proud. You mentioned the chin of justice. Um, that's all. That's all I could ask for. No, but uh, I'm glad Called to be him here. the wrong name at one point. You know, that, it's, it's all, all right. good. It's all good. <laughs> he, he got over it. Um, and shout out to Derek for doing a, a interview where he was still half six. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, not to overshadow this week's guest because uh, awesome guest this week. But yeah, Derek's yep. good people, and I, I love yep. talking with him. And this we might week's be doing guest, it again soon, everybody. Oh, soon. Yeah. This week's guest is just as great, just as good of a person. Uh, Seth Levins is on today. We're going to talk about his wacky book, um, Origamiac. So stay tuned to listen about that and hear what he's doing. Um, I want to, I know this isn't in the notes. I'm going off the script here, Chris. Whoa, we don't have oh, a script. No. I'm just, I'm just messing with everybody. Can't go off uh, script. <laughs> I can't go off script. I, I recently, so I was like waiting around on, I don't know, Saturday to do something. So I'm like, all right, let me put, let me throw HBO on. And then, you know, recommendations pop up the blade trilogy. Obviously HBO understands me. So I put blade number one on, uh, I think it's just called blade, (laughs) blade number one, um, hands down. One of the best, like first scenes of any movie. If anybody remembers, they're like the vampires. So this is like, like Stan Lee's, name is attached to this movie okay yep um it rolls in the beginning credits (laughs) and there's a point i think it's like 20 minutes and i was laughing my ass off there's so many great moments in this movie and like there's a part where wesley snipes says like motherfucker do you know who i am (laughs) like (laughs) this is a marvel movie (laughs) um yeah i think the cops like shoot him and like it doesn't do anything to him and he says that to them (laughs) It's like I'm like this movie is gold, but there's a there's an amazing scene, and I I'm glad I rewatched it because uh, the the amazing nightclub scene is like you know they they shut down like this meat factory and they start spraying the they start spraying the blood from the uh, from the sprinklers you know and they're like and then he starts like killing all the all the vampires and stuff like that um, and Blade like he sets a guy on fire and then he the like firemen and the cops show up so he has to like dip out. And they walk in on this on this scene of like, you know, dead bodies everywhere and this dude on fire and the firemen are standing there and like there's the chief and then the guys with like the fire extinguishers and they're kind of just standing there and they look at the chief and the chief goes, put him out. And then they walk up and start spraying the guy. And I sat there. I'm like, did they have to wait for the fire chief to tell them to put the guy who's burning alive out? <laughs> I was like, these are the worst firefighters. So hold on. They walked into the room. They saw a human being on fire. <laughs> the dude has the fire extinguisher in his hand, and he looks to the chief, and the chief goes, gives him the okay to put him out. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> we got to make sure the boss is cool with it, man. Yeah. They have to be even more incompetent than the Gotham City Police Department and Catching <laughs> Villains is the, uh, I think I think it takes place in New York City, New York City the depicted Marvel Universe New York City Fire Department <laughs> on putting out fires. My God, it was, it's awesome. And there's a lot of like cool little treasures like that in the movie that it's like, and then Stan, Stan Lee's name at the front really just made me so happy that I, 
I'm like, and he he didn't back down from this. <laughs> that's like one of my first vampire movies too. That's such a good movie. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Have ever have we ever talked about the original concept for Blade Trinity? No, but that's the one, and I completely forgot it had Ryan Reynolds in it with the awful facial yeah. hair. But no, what was the concept? So the idea was that the vampires won. They took over the world. So it was oh. Blade versus Dracula, like going through his army, trying Ooh. to kill Dracula. Okay. And I couldn't tell you for the life of me what that movie is today. But no, it's not Because I saw it once, and that was one too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, that dude, that would have been so cool. Yeah, the... Uh, the first two, the first two are good, um, but it's uh, and it's it's like it's like the Matrix of vampires because you know the the trench coat, the like the totally nineties like um, synthesizer music and like like techno playing during the fight scenes, awesome. Uh, I'm stoked for Blade to come back. Like I'm yeah. really excited oh, yeah. for it. Um. We don't have we don't have Stranger Things on here. Have you have you I can't remember if you ever watched it or caught up on it. I never caught up on it. So Okay. I, I'm fine if you want to talk about it. Uh yeah. but it's on my list. I gotta I've been talking about it for like three weeks now. I gotta re up my Netflix because that came out. Umbrella Academy's when that comes out, I guarantee you I'll re up my Netflix because mm-hmm. that's gonna be a day one watch. I, um I and not in our wheelhouse, but Space Force season two came out, and oh, I yeah. wanted to watch that too. Yeah, Steve Carell is amazing. Yeah. Um, I will, I will say this. So, like overall, I'm not going to spoil Stranger Things for anybody here. Um, the villain, I will say. So, I don't know. You notice this every season has a villain, and they tie the villain to like a D and D character. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of myself because I like opened up the the my D and D monster manual, and I went straight to the uh, the Lich the um like undead wizard uh because that's that's what this villain is this year and um it is probably the coolest like depiction of a lich as far as like the powers of a lich and D and how it relates to like what's going on in stranger things um but they have a whole nother name for him and stuff uh so the way they did it is they split the season there's uh seven episodes and then the last two episodes are like over two hours long every episode is over like an hour long it's like an hour 15 for the seven episodes heavy episodes uh they this might be one of my favorite seasons because they go into this season full like horror mode by the end of the first episode you're like wow this is like not a show for kids (laughs) um just between like the gruesome like death scenes and like the horror aspect of it um and how it how it kind of ties to what happens in the town and then i've heard that the next season season five will be the last which i i think it's good because like the season was really good um i hope it has a strong finish and then kind of like resolving all the issues in five i really loved it uh binged through it but i mean it was really good um but there is a lot of like D and D talk and stuff like that. So like they've added a new character that's really involved in D and D. So like there's all the talk about like, you know, D and D's devil worshipers and all this stuff. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. I heard satanic panic is in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. heavily, heavily talked about, which I think is pretty great. Um, Cause that was a thing in the eighties, you know? Uh, yeah. But, so I was reading the thing. Um, before we get into Star Wars about mm-hmm. the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Yeah. 
And so the original draft of that movie, um, since it's a Disney movie, um, apparently he had the writers had to use only Disney characters for the cameos. Okay. And then it wasn't until later on they were able to like bring all these other ones in. Mm-hmm. So this has been widely spoiled, and I don't think it's that big of a spoiler because it's in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, but you know the ugly Sonic is in the movie, like the original yeah. Sonic from... Um, and apparently when that was written, that was written to be Jar Jar Binks. Oh my God. And I, I almost like, I almost wonder which one's better. Like once you watch it, you'll understand because of how ugly Sonic fits into the story. But like Mm -hmm. to anyone that's watched that, that's not something that's in my head, like replacing Jar Jar with Sonic and that it needs to happen. I just want to bring that up. That was a cool little read I had. That's awesome. I still need to watch that. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll jump into the TV news. But yeah, Stranger Things. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect this season because all the delays and the reshoots and all that stuff. You, you know, you you try to keep like you try to be hopeful for these things. But I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so good. I look forward. Uh, and to I know why every episode is over an hour and fifteen minutes. They really do the. Sl- they really like a lot of the scenes are slow motion. <laughs> like they're really heavy dramatic scenes, but they use a lot of slow motion. It's like a it's like a Zack Snyder movie. Um. But yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, okay, so we do have some Star Wars news for TV before we talk about Obi-Wan. Um, there's uh, more news from the Star Wars celebration that happened last week. Uh, it's a new animated series titled Star Wars Tales of the Jedi. Uh, I don't know why I said that, like Emperor, Emperor Palpatine Jedi. Um, Tales will feature one-shot stories about different Force-sensitive characters from across the Star Wars mythos, including uh, Ahsoka... Anakin Skywalker, Mace Windu, Count Dooku, and Qui-Gon Jinn, which will be voiced by Liam Neeson and his first officially announced Star Wars project since episode one. You know what else he could voice? A Force ghost that hopefully we can see coming up in a TV show very shortly. Um, I wrote that very specifically because I'm still convinced he shows up in Obi-Wan. Oh, he has to. They tease us every episode, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is an old comic series. Okay. From Dark Horse. Yeah. Uh, and it's one I really liked because, th- I mean, this is all like prequel characters. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully they keep doing it and they like expand it. But like the comic would like one issue would be, uh, you know, random character from a thousand years before anything. And then like mm-hmm. a character from this point, and it would be all these wa- random like Jedi characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because you got to see all these different versions yeah. and everything. Um, so hopefully they do more of that, but I'm down for all these characters. Like, Oh yeah. Especially Mace, Mace Windu, more, more Mace Windu all the time. And how do you not like Samuel L. Jackson's got to come back for that. He's got to voice that. I hope so. Uh, also shown was a new trailer for bad batch season two. It's going to come out on September 28th. Um, just in time for my birthday, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. What, What do you think? Did you, did you like the trailer? I dug it. Um, Palpatine's in it. There's some cool action moments. There's a Wookiee with a lightsaber. Hell yeah. Like, there's a lot of things to like. <laughs> yeah. And I like that first season, so I'm down for okay. this. Uh, Marvel released a new poster for I Am Groot with a release date of August 10th. Forgot this was happening, so excited about that. Same here. I didn't even know they were like working on it. <laughs> yeah, they're like shorts, right? I think it's a short... I think it's one short, like, uh, animated thing. Oh, okay. 
Um, but James Gunn is involved in some way. Like, yeah, he is. He's yeah. involved with everything Guardians. Mm-hmm. So, so that'd be cool. Uh, I'll watch okay, Obi Wan three. Let's talk about it. Obi Wan episode three. Um, where do we start? Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of cool lightsaber waving in this episode. Uh, I, I'm not saying that jokingly. It was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, the we get the we get the uh, confrontation of Obi Wan and Vader with like Obi Wan running away from him. Um, we see Vader, uh, being completely menacing, like snapping people's necks, like killing people with the force, you know, just random bystanders, which is what you want to see Vader doing. Right. Um, and like Obi-Wan witnessing that as like, holy shit, this guy's full blown gone. Like yeah. he, he really like, this is, this is the dark side. Like I, <laughs> I, and I hope that like seeing that he also understands that like that was no way in turn his fault because it's more of the dark side than him. You know what I mean? Cause like, there's no way anything he could have done could have stopped him from being that evil <laughs> or like pushed him to that, you know? Um, but what a, what a terrible way for him to witness that. I think so going into this, I think he went into isolation upset that he killed his friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the thing that snaps him out of it. I I believe because this mm-hmm. is the first time he uses a lightsaber. The right. first time he uses the force, but this first time he pulls out a saber. I liked seeing Vader just going through town and mercy, mercifully killing everything, like yeah. just snapping necks, choking people th- with no care for their lives. Like that's right. Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen that Vader in live action and I'm glad it's happening. So well, a little bit in rogue one, right? <laughs> you saw Murdering him like people. wield his lightsaber in rogue one. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll get that. But like, you didn't see like, you didn't see him just being the complete dark mm-hmm. evil character that he is. Yeah. Um, and I know some people were, it's funny to me because I saw some people like this isn't Vader. It's like that's because all you did was you've never seen anything besides the movies, <laughs> right? Yeah, because that's all that's all there is is like him yeah. walking towards people in all the movies. Um, so I really like that. I liked uh, that it kind of culminated with the fight between the two, mm-hmm. and it kind of going the other way where uh, Vader is now the superior force sensitive person. And dragging him through the fire. Obviously, it's Star Wars, so it rhymes. Um, yeah, right. Everything there was great. I, I love that whole sequence. Um, I don't believe it was too soon for him to pop up. Mm-hmm. I think it was... It's fucking Star Wars. Like, I, I think people are overthinking Star Wars. Like, yeah. Star Wars is fan service, and like, this is what you should do with Star Wars, in my opinion. Right, like, right. You should do fun stuff. Like, <laughs> Why would you not do what the fans want? <laughs> yeah, like if you want to do that yeah. thing where like it's the menacing guy in the background, like do that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's better. I don't maybe, but like this is Star Wars. Like I want to see fucking Vader be badass and I want to see lightsabers. Like this the, we we might get a Vader TV show out of this. I mean, they've done awesome. so many great great comics like even if it's just like 
I mean, we have a whole season coming up of the Mandalorian with, with the dark saber. Like, why can't we have a whole season of, of Vader finding his saber? Right. That was, uh, was that Kieran Gillian's, uh, uh, run of like mm-hmm. his, of like just Vader finding his lightsaber. Uh, yeah. Him building the castle, him, like yeah. you could introduce, uh, uh, Dr. Afra through mm-hmm. that storyline. Like there's so many things you could right. do. By the right. way, I know the castles happened before. Mm-hmm. It still was super fucking cool to see it in live action again. Yeah, it like, was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and him on the throne, like talking. I was like, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> you're like yes. Uh, a few things. Um, I don't know. I I I could be wrong here. Someone could correct me, but I think it was one of our first female like Empire officers, which is pretty cool to see, right? Um. I think that's who isn't that who like comes up and talks to Vader as like one of the generals or officers. Maybe maybe I've did on that in the new movies. I can't remember, but I'm trying to think. It might be you might be correct in live action. Yeah, um, I mm-hmm. know there's been female in the extended universe. And then and then uh, another important thing in this episode is there's someone that's part of the Empire that's like, well, this is pretty fucked up, and is a turncoat helping the rebels. Um with this like almost like underground railroad style setup of like funneling people, you know, that are part of the rebellion away from the empire. Uh, and there's some like, you know, as they're in this like storage area, they see some writing on the wall and it says something about the way. Um, <laughs> and so I, I don't know if that's, it has to be a reference to Mandalorian, right? You know, this is the way. Uh, I was like, does this mean he's going to show up and it's going to be two episodes of Mandalorian? <laughs> like, what's what's going to happen next? No, but I thought that was a cool like nod of like, okay, yeah. uh, he's been here before, or someone, some Mandalorian has been here before, transporting a Jedi. So, I mean, it could be could be possible. Uh, but what? I, yeah, Go ahead. I, I was also going to say I like the inscribing of the other Jedi on the wall. Mm-hmm. And them like mentioning it as if we should know it now. Right. I, I'm somewhat familiar with that. Like I know the name. I couldn't mm-hmm. pull his history off the top of my head. I'm not that much of a nerd, but um, yeah, you're a nerd. Um, I know he exists somewhere else. But like I mm-hmm. like that they just like said it. Like oh, it's so and so. Like he was here, and then just move on from it. Like yeah, it it builds. That's world building for me. Like that's kind of like in the old, the original movies when they talked about the Clone Wars and then just like mm-hmm. moved on from it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing that happened. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, the Clone like, Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Overall, great episode. I can't wait to see the rest. Uh, I think they're doing a great job. Just the visual of the lightsabers, you know, in the dark is is pretty awesome. So yeah, uh, Leia was fantastic in this episode, and mm-hmm. yeah, she's great. Um, the way it ends was. Good. I mean, it's a good cliffhanger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't wait to watch the next one. Uh, oh yeah. We another great series came out Friday. Uh, the Boys, season three, episodes one through three. So okay, I've only watched episode one. Uh, you've watched all three episodes. Um, I mean, no spoilers. Well, I mean, there probably isn't many spoilers, afar from character deaths in this show. Uh, I will say just about episode one. I like where all the characters are. We get a brief overview of where everybody is. You know, it's been a year since the incidents. Uh, Huey's now working with like the, 
the anti-superhero division uh, of the FBI. I think that's pretty cool. Um, the, you know, when you thought they couldn't like outdo the gruesomeness and over the topness of the last season, um, I mean, it's <laughs> I don't, like they got some money this season. Yeah, yeah. The special effects are ridiculous. I I can't even like the first fifteen minutes, and I was texting people when I watched it. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, I don't know how this got made. I don't know how this is allowed to be put on like an actual show. Um, probably because Amazon just controls their whole uh, media outlet for these shows. Uh, but that the scene, and I know everybody knows what I'm talking about if you've seen it. Um, where basically like the Adam character tears apart uh tears apart like his his boyfriend <laughs> yeah it was uh it was an interesting scene to say the least yeah <laughs> just when he thought it couldn't get worse like it just kept going and getting worse and getting worse and um and they really didn't hold back but i think overall <laughs> yeah it was over the top it was ridiculous all the characters are where are you know where you expect them to be Homelander is absolutely terrifying this season. Uh, I'm just waiting for him to like lose his shit completely. Um, whether it's the first episode or, you know, in the first three, I have no idea, but I know we talked about it when we saw the trailer, but his eyes are like, he's got the crazy eyes. Like he's definitely, he's going off the deep end. Yeah. It gets worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I I'll say I like um, so far in the season, we get more of an idea that like these superheroes are, they feel above the law and are a little Mm -hmm. fucked up in the head. Yep. Um, and it gives more credence to why they need to be kept under like check. Yep. Like the first two seasons were, were really good and they did some things, but like they go over the top with the debauchery in this season so far. Right. And to, we haven't even gotten hero gasm yet. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I was thinking too. So I, I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I think the third episode is the tamest, but the most terrifying. Okay. And it all comes back to those eyes. And yeah, I, I also did not see um, how they're using soldier boy, at least so far. I did not mm-hmm. expect to be the way they used him. Okay. Uh, I thought he would be more an integral part of the the A plot. I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really really enjoying it. I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm gonna I'll probably have the re- the other two watch this week. Um, but yeah, I I mean, they kind of set up like why they need Soldier Boy in the first one and the first episode. They talk about the 24 hour compound B. I will say this uh, in the first episode, there's a, there's a moment where, you know, they're talking with uh, uh, Starlight and, um, oh man, I, I, I don't know the, the actor's name, but I know Gustavo Frein from Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> he basically tells Gus. Whole, yeah. Gus. Yeah. Uh, he tells poor guy. That's all he'll ever be known as now. <laughs> um, Cause he's in Star Wars too. I mean, this guy's all over the place and he's, he's great and whatever he does, but he tells Homelander to leave the room and she's like, you know, I can hear you outside the room. He's like, I don't care. He's like, that's not real power. And I'm like the balls on this guy, like 
uh not actually and like homelander kind of bends and listens to him you know uh but then like homelander going to uh to butcher and being like listen you don't want you don't want to be stuck in this apartment not getting what you want he's like you want to battle me to the death right like that's what we want and that's what you're, that's what you want to get right and that's kind of how he like, gets him out of retirement yeah did you I can't remember what happened or like where this happened, but did you get to the inclusion land up uh, part? No, I don't. That wasn't. I don't think that was episode one. Okay, it must be episode two. Um, all I'll say is they take a direct shot at basically Disney, but like mm-hmm. just corporations as a whole, oh. and it's phenomenal. Um, okay. When you get to a. a Aside from this podcast, Mike, when you get to it, just text me because I want to okay. know your reaction to it. Because there's okay. like, if you look at the background, the things that they set up in the background are just superb. Okay. And anyone listening, do the same thing because it's awesome. It's, yeah, it, it made me laugh every time it That's passed awesome. by, like one of these stands. Um, and I did see Derek Robertson's art in the first episode. Shout out to the, uh, the Dawn of the Seven movie poster in the background. At least it did look like his art. So, yeah. Oh, and shout out for them taking shots at the Snyder Cut. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's great. And we're going to um, jump to this um, awesome interview we have with Mr. Seth Levins. And we'll see everybody on the other side. All right, everybody. We got another very special guest for you all. I want everybody to welcome the show, Seth Levins. What's going on, hey, Seth? Seth. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the time. Yeah, of course. We we appreciate you jumping on with us uh, here to chat w- about um, Origamiac. I think I got it right that time. You got it right. Very good. <laughs> uh, before we do, um, I know we, we talked about your interesting job title uh, that's not really writing, but um, we'll talk about your origin story first. So I, I know you typically don't write comics, but what got you into a comic and where did the writing start for you? So um, I started out when I was young. Um, my my mom did not like violence, so um, and but I still like comic books. So the only mm-hmm. comic books I saw were like Looney Tunes and Disney. So um, okay. my subversive humor came from Looney Tunes because you know they do that very well. Um, but um, I always loved monster comics, and so I'm I'm a little older than you guys. So I used to get my comics um, in a three pack and it was in plastic and you could never see the middle comic in it. So you always had to just hope it was a decent comic. Um, so one time they screwed up at the factory or something and there was a Godzilla comic in the middle. So I got that oh one out God. of there. And so I just read that to death, hit it underneath my bed so I won't find it. And then, you know, the pages just were in tatters by the time I was done with it. But um, so, yeah, I would try and do that and I would draw, you know, monsters all the time and stuff too. But um most of the comics that I saw were mainly the, like I said, the Disney and the and the Looney Tunes types. I want to, I want to think that someone at the factory was like, "This is going to make some kids' day." I'm going to say He was right. Here. <laughs> like, like Looney Tunes is great and stuff, but I'm just going to make some kids' day. <laughs> That's awesome. It was. It was great. Yes, I lo- I'm. I'm glad whoever did that. I hope it was someone who was thinking that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I would make my own. Uh, I also, um, when newspapers were still a thing, I would read the comic strips in there and stuff. And so um, Peanuts was my main thing. I always loved Snoopy. And yep. so I would make my own comics kind of replicating that style too. And then, yeah, and then I just, um, I wanted to get into be an English major when I was in college, but then I realized I couldn't make any money doing that, um, pay back my student loans. So 
I got into advertising instead. Um, I figured I could still tell stories, but get paid actually for it. So um, that's where my writing continued. And then just because I don't like to just write about other people's products, I also got involved in, you know, writing on my own. And that's kind of how um, this um, origami cartoon came about. Okay. So before we talk about origami X, so you, you write, so you write copyrights today, right? Is that? I do copyright. So yeah, I write marketing copy for um, a toy company, a major toy company. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my day job. So it's, it's nice to get paid to be a writer. I'm not doing my own stuff necessarily, but at least um, something more interesting than, than the average Joe. Like I mentioned earlier, I used to do insurance, which everyone just throws that in the trash when they find, when they get uh, direct <laughs> yeah. mail for insurance companies, but yep. they usually read the stuff that I write now. So that's pretty cool. So I guess, I guess it's relative, a relative question to the insurance job too, but for the insurance of the toy company, are you, are you like making your own sell? Are you coming up with like, uh, not, I guess not a story, but kind of like a pitch or something that's, that's your idea. Yeah, we have the opportunity to do that. Uh, we have, so at my company, we have different um, dolls that come out um, every year and we always have some sort of branding guide for them. So they have content related to them. So from that, we develop um, a marketing campaign off of that. So, so yeah, I do, I do pitches and that sort of thing. It's not, it's not like you would see like on Mad Men or something where you have these hardcore pitches and yeah. I'm not Don Draper by any means, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we do that. We do some of that stuff too. Scotch and cigarettes and just posters. Right. <laughs> if only. <laughs> yeah. Right. Has anything come from any of your, like the, the copyright you've made, like has a comic come out of it or anything like that? Like any kind of multimedia from ideas you came up with? Uh, no, I'm mainly on the business end of it. So I, I write the, the, uh, copy that people would read in on the website or on packaging or things like that, kind of giving them the background of here's what this story is about and things like that. We have other people who we contract with authors to write the actual books and content that goes with them. Um, so I just kind of play off of that to develop mine. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So, so you're um, not making the backstory for Snake Eyes, like you're the. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I don't. I don't do that. That'd be cool, but but no, I, I'm I'm adjacent to it, not not actually yeah. doing it. <laughs> um, that's that's awesome. So, okay, let's let's go to uh, Origami Act. Uh, give us give us the synopsis. What is what is this book? Okay, so Origami Act. Um, so the basis, or I should say, the inspiration for this is um, I've always loved transformation, both literal, like werewolves and Transformers, although not the Michael Bay stuff. Um, and then I also like, you know, just kind of societal change and things like that. So so I developed this character who is a, so he's just a regular Joe. He's going to a protest rally because he thinks he can meet a woman there. He's set up on a blind date. Um, things go awry. He takes a wrong turn and he gets to the counter protesters who are these lumberjacks. And oh he has this sign saying, you know, he's trying to save this termite that these lumberjacks hate because it's destroying their chance to actually cut down trees. So they end up tying him to a log so that he'll kind of float right past the protesters and they'll see him, you know, that this is what's going to happen to you if you try and protest this. They completely miss him. So he actually goes to the sawmill. In the meantime, while he's going to the sawmill, there's this alternate um, storyline going on where um, this evil doctor named Dr. Seedsome has developed this um, um, adherent that is supposed to be able to basically connect anything to anything. And, you know, basically, you know, if someone would on the battlefield, you know, lose a limb, they could just basically glue it back together. You're all good. Okay. The military thinks that's stupid because all they want to do is kill everyone. So he gets mad at them, throws in the river. It lands on our main character, 
So he's going to the sawmill with this on. Um, By the magic of being in the sawmill and this connective tissue, he becomes a piece of paper, a sentient piece of paper. So, and from there, he's able to transform into all kinds of different shapes, hence the name Origamiac. So that's kind of the wow. story. And it just becomes a platform for all kinds of different jokes that I like to like to make off of it. So that's, that's probably one of the craziest origin stories. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of weird. And again, I told you I worked in insurance. I had a lot of free time in my brain to think about other things. So yeah, yeah. this is what I thought about. <laughs> I know That's the amazing. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you're just like sitting there crumpling up paper one or shredding pa too much paper one day. And you're like thinking about too many disclaimers about why yeah. people have to wait six months before their accidental death and dismemberment kicks in. So, uh, yeah, right, right. So here, yeah, exactly. So you wrote a story about it. Exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> I guess I guess if this adhesive was out and in, in production in real life, we probably wouldn't have much use for insurance. I would think. Kind of yeah, that's true. Thing. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it would destroy right. the industry, so they would want to suppress it definitely. <laughs> um, that's that's interesting. So so where are you taking this character? I know uh, you've had what one kind of story arc for it so far? Or? Yep. So I've done, so I did five issues and made a compilation. So this is all self-published because like you said, it's kind of out there. So there's not a lot of, it was hard to sell basically. Um, so I just decided I want to do what I want to do. And um, I didn't really follow the format of like 24 page issues. They're kind of all over the place as far as numbers. They're all within like 30 pages. But, um, but, and then I, I, when I first started it, I was trying to connect with an um, artist and it was really difficult to find. Um, my stepdaughter went to a technical college and they, she was in the graphic design. So they had some illustrators that worked with them. So I just put up a posting saying, hey, anyone interested in doing this, get some experience. And so someone helped me for the first three issues and then he just ghosted me. I tried to call him, email him, text him, went by his house, nothing, nothing happened. Wow. So, so then I thought, well, I wanna get this done and I have already started halfway. I'm never gonna be able to match his drawing style because I'm not an artist myself. So what I ended up doing is I took Google Sheets and I made all of my art through Google Sheets using the shape tool and then masking and layering. So the artwork, when you see it, is not, it's, it's probably along the lines of South Park versus something you would see from an actual studio. Okay. Um, but I think it conveys what I'm getting across. It helps as a piece of paper, so it's very rectilinear, so it's easier to make shapes that way. Um, but I did what I could with what I with the tools I had, and um, I think it came out pretty good. Wow, that's it's it's interesting that like your art was out of a necessity because like you had to get it done, but also it fits the origami aspect. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I'd started a long time ago, so I don't remember way back way back when Fox had their animation domination Sundays. They had a contest, and they said, "Hey, we have The Simpsons, Futurama, and I forget what the third one was. They wanted a fourth, you know, and make two hour block." And so I had a contest and said, if you want to submit. So I thought, oh, I got this idea. I'll try and do it way back then. And it didn't come out. And, you know, whatever I submitted, I'm sure they just put it on the slush pile and never looked at. Yeah. Um, but it actually gave me the inspiration to keep going. And, um, and so that's where I went with it from there. That's awesome. And as far as the, so the five issues are completed right are they yep. they're all individual issue, issues not collected yep. individual issues and then there's also, also a collected version so you can find it all on amazon or if you happen to be in the madison wisconsin area it is available at westfield comics so i know there's okay. probably not a lot of people necessarily around that area but if you are <laughs> check them out okay westfield comics is that's awesome is this something that like are you happy with the art to the point where you wouldn't see like re having someone redraw it down the line if it became something 
bigger uh, or if it became something bigger, I would love to see that just because when you have, uh, when you have another creative mind working with it. So when I was working with the other illustrator before he, you know, he took off on me, um, there was kind of that synthesis of I had the idea and then he would make something out of it just based on my descriptions of each panel. And I was always surprised and generally delightfully surprised about what he came up with. So if I came up with some pro who was going to do this, I'm sure it'd be even more amazing. Not, not that my artwork was amazing, but I'm sure it'd be even more amazing um, combining someone's skills in the illustrative world with my writing skills. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. I, only, um, I asked that because I have a friend who did what you did and um, uh, he basically took it as a proof of concept. He didn't actually release it. And then, sent it to people and was like, please work with me. <laughs> and it worked out for him because he got something cool out of it. But uh, just, yeah. Yeah, this became my COVID project because I was like, I kind of got ghosted right before COVID hit. And then it's just like, oh, well, okay. I'm able to work from home. We can't go anywhere. I can't right. do anything. So I'll just right. focus on doing this. And I got it out. So it ended up being over 160 pages total. So it took a while to do. Um, but I, I'm pleased with the outcome. Uh, did That's you cool. did you keep that? I know you said you're a fan of like the newspaper comic. Did you keep that kind of panel layout, or did you go away from that, and go more like an American comic book style? Um, more, it was kind of so. I tried to do basically six panels per page, and okay. um, but there were times when you know this is a pretty wordy comic because my I'm my background is in writing. So again, part of the origin story is foolish, not foolishly necessarily, but I tried to write this as a book first. And it just was not working out at all. So after I got done with that, then I thought, well, I'm not an artist again. So maybe I'll write this more like as a screenplay. So I'll just like kind of describe the scene and then just have dialogue after it. And so I joined a Goodreads group where they kind of critique everyone's work and stuff. And so I submitted there and they said, yeah, this is pretty cool, but it definitely needs to have illustration with it. So again, that's why I went and sought out someone to do it, um, to help me with it. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm, as you mentioned, you know, the story arc and stuff. I think what I wrote is a complete story. Um, if it ever became popular and people were like, yeah, I want to see more, then I would be much more apt to want to do something with it. Um, mm -hmm. But like you mentioned, having an illustrator work with you would be the ideal situation because then you can have someone else do, you know, the drawing part of it and then you can focus on the writing myself. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like you are really in a place to, to do a sequel, but do you have like thoughts and ideas for, for where to take the character beyond what you've already written? Yeah, I, I keep, I keep generous files of all the ideas that come to me for different things. So um, if, when you, if you get a chance to read the book, there's um, there are a lot of different wacko characters in it too, besides mm -hmm. origami act, um, yep. just different ideas that I came up with and kind of um, um, introduce into it. Um, so there's, you know, the thing, I know you guys mentioned, um, you were talking about Obi-Wan, um, the new series, and you're saying Disney yeah. just setting us up for every single character that they've ever come up with, they're going to create a series for. So yeah, yeah, I feel like, much. you know, there's always the opportunity to have side characters become main characters right. because yeah. every show these days just has someone who has a backstory. And if people are willing <laughs> exactly. to enjoy yeah. it, then you can get it out there. Yeah. Um, also, you get points for referencing Definitely. last week's episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, great. We have a listener, Chris. <laughs> so you kind of answered this in terms of like doing more, but are there other projects as well that you'd like to continue forth with? Like, is this something you foresee pushing 
further into becoming more of a comic writer, more into the the scene, or was this kind of something that you had a passion for, or wanted to just get out? The, well, both. I would say I definitely had a passion for this story itself because I always I just had it in my mind and just wanted to get it out because I thought I enjoy it. So again, self publishing gives you the freedom to do what you want, and so. And, you know, yeah, I probably sold 50 copies, so it's not like I'm making any money off of this thing. It was just something, like you said, a passion project. But, yeah, I have other ideas that I would love to get out. I, I'm I'm more of a prose guy just because that's where I started. But um, I feel like I could do this sort of thing. Um, as I mentioned, it's pretty wordy just because I want to – I have a lot of ideas I want to get out. Um, but if I work with someone, I would definitely try and, you know, make it more of a collaboration between the artist and the writer versus just like there's a huge panel with a lot of words and then there's a tiny guy in the in the corner which i tried to avoid for the most part but there are some panels mm-hmm. like that yeah yeah um well that's uh, that's interesting now i mean you, you said you worked on it during covid and stuff so do you have any plans to go to like a con to like try to just put it out there and see how it does in like a, a comic environment with you know readers and stuff yeah i um they actually so when I still had my illustrator I was working with, we got the first issue done. And so in the Madison area, they have their own Comic-Con. So the tables were dirt cheap. So I'm like, let's do this, even though I don't have the whole thing out, at least we can get the word out. Um, and so we actually set up a booth. Um, I created, so the main, like I mentioned, the supervillain's name is Dr. Seedsome. So we did is we created an image of him, put a set him up as a stanchion. And then where his mouth would be, we've carved a big hole in it. And then we had sheets of paper that people could carve or um, create into a paper airplane. And if they were able to throw it in his mouth from a certain distance, they get a free issue. So, oh, that's awesome! <laughs> cool. That so I was trying to make it great, make it yeah. work with the yeah the origami yeah. style. So that's your marketing side coming up. <laughs> exactly right. Trying to get attention somehow. Says yeah, no one knows me, so I got to do the stunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's amazing. No, I would have loved that. if I walked to a con and saw that. It would it would have been a huge hit for sure. Yeah. Well, come to the next one in Madison when, when they're yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> next time I'm, I'm in Wisconsin, I'm going to have to look for that comic shop for sure. Um, all right, well, so if our listeners and, and watchers want to follow you, um, are you pretty out there on social media talking about this? Or um, No, I, I'm just – social media I've, is not for me for whatever reason. I, I just mm-hmm. – I've never gotten I don't blame it. you. I didn't, never understood <laughs> the reason to put your you know meal out on a picture and show people and yep. stuff. So yep. I don't think I'm that interesting aside from trying to create stories. So – um, I just been trying to get word of mouth out, you know, contacting okay. people like you who are so generous yep. to give me some time, um, and then try to get the word out, um, um, as I can through word of mouth. So, um, if they go to Amazon, they can find it, look up Seth Levins and Origamiac and it'll, should be the first search results they get. Um, so hopefully people will do that. Awesome. Great. Yeah, and everybody out there listening, I will put that link in the show notes below so you can check out the book. And uh, Seth, thanks so much for being on. We appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yep. Wonderful. Thanks Thanks so much, Chris and Mike. Have a good day. And we're back on the other side. Here's the other side. Uh, Yeah, so go to Amazon, check it out. If you're in Madison, Wisconsin, you can also purchase it in store. So that's always the option. Uh, before Amazon, I'd say so. Yeah, if you um, are in Madison, Wisconsin, you buy this book because of this interview. Like, tweet me or something. Yeah, because that'd be fucking us. awesome. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you get a shout out on the show, or I don't know something. That's that's the easiest thing we could do. But yeah, tweet at us. Um, comic news. So this is a little uh, sad for me, but also I'm just still glad we're getting it. 
Uh, previously announced, Fantastic Four uh, Full Circle, helmed by Alex Ross, has now released month of September. Uh, a little bit delayed, right? To what it was previously. I don't know if it ever got a release date. Or they just said this summer or something like that. Um, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so I know... He, Listen, Alex can take all the time he needs. <laughs> uh, you know, he's I don't I can't imagine that he's the fastest artist, just how much detail he puts in everything. So let him and I'm sure that's what Marvel said. Like, you do you, man. You tell us when it's gonna be finished. Like you don't have when it's it done. done we'll publish it. Yeah, and it's we'll make good. all the bucks. <laughs> uh I'm this is so the first time I can say legitimately outside of like, you know, I'm I'm happy that um David's doing his two issues at Fantastic Four, and I'll read those. I'm excited right. for those. But this is the first time, like outside of that, I'm legitimately excited for like a Fantastic Four thing. Okay, nice. Like to the point where it's like probably going to be like my top thing to read that week. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a great year to get people into Fantastic Four if they're going to like do something with it in the Marvel universe. You know, well, still looking for that director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel has announced two new Star Wars comics to join the lineup this fall. The first series is called Star Wars Yoda. I wonder who it's about. It will be the first Marvel-led Yoda solo series written by Kevin Scott and art by Nico Leone. We know Kevin's been doing some great stuff at Star Wars. The series will be similar to recent Obi-Wan series. It'll show Yoda after the events of Episode 3, reminiscing about past adventures. Uh, Sure. Sounds cool. Down for that. There's a lot more time to mine there too. There's like hundreds of years to oh, mine. Yeah. So right, yeah. I, and I'm surprised. I mean, who knows? They might time it with something live action or you know animated series. Uh, the other series called Star Wars: The High Republic, The Blade, uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Marco Castiello. The series will follow Porter Engel, a cook at a Jedi outpost who is known as the Blade of Bardo. Sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's just a cooking book and we just get recipes in it. <laughs> yeah, crazy weird awesome. alien recipes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'll That'd make them all. I'll do yeah. I'll do videos of all of them. Oh if my it, god. That yes. is what it is. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, I think that's a cool <laughs> concept. Yeah, this is pretty shocking news. Uh longtime Marvel artist. Uh and he's uh the CCO, the chief creative officer, Joe Caseda has left Marvel Comics. Joe is part of the team that did the whole uh, Marvel Knights, made them a huge success. Artists for uh, the Kevin Smith Daredevil series that launched the brand. Joe started, uh, stated that he has done a bunch of Marvel to be proud of, but seeks to go back to creating his own properties and uh, even hints at making movies as a possible future. Uh, but we know that he was really involved with like a lot of the direction for like uh, Spider-Man too, I would think. Right. Um, and a few other characters at Marvel. So, uh, oh yeah, for for like everything. But like, yeah, he's yeah. credited for like Brand New Day and a few other yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry. yeah, yeah, and he's been doing covers for a little while. Like, he still draws. He actually has like a cover coming out for a DC book soon, oh. and that kind of got people talking. Like, why is a Marvel higher up doing a DC cover? Right. Here's why. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, um, yeah. I'll just say there's there isn't a Marvel that I know without Joe Casada involved. Mm-hmm. So it is an end of an era for me. Where like that Daredevil run is an important run for me. Like that's something that 
helped me get into the space. And I've always enjoyed Joe's art. I kind of hope he goes back to doing interior art. Um, I don't know if I'll count on that. Like Joe's a very rich man, I assume, (laughs) and probably has a lot of friends that he could do stuff with. But uh, I'd be down if he like decided tomorrow, like I'm going to do my Kickstarter book, like going for it right now. Like I'm down for Joe doing interiors. Um, but he had like almost 30, 40 years at Marvel. So yeah, yep, he did. So, I mean, he wants to do his own thing now. He's definitely in a financially stable part of his life where he could do it. So why not? And, and he's earned it. He's earned yeah, the, he's the right to go it. back and do that. Also, we get a new fresh take on the direction of Marvel, which isn't always a bad thing. I wonder uh, how much of this is the Kevin Foggy of it all. Cause I don't know if you remember like Foggy kind of took over helming marvel comics as well yeah so who knows i'll be interested to hear the behind the scenes in like two years when his nda runs out (laughs) (laughs) yeah two to three years uh skybound entertainment and image comics has announced they're publishing a five issue anthology series based on the cult classic horror show creep show some of the names of all the project include paul dini chris burnham steve fox many more love chris burnham's art uh i love horror anthologies so i'll definitely be picking this up um say no more uh that's all i really needed to hear about that uh, but that's exciting i will be checking it out yeah not the biggest creep show fan but it was big news especially going to image oh yeah that's yeah. they probably bought the the licensing for that well yeah kirkman spent that walking dead money yeah <laughs> he probably still has some leftover i would assume i would hope uh what did we read this week, Chris? I read just a few comics. Um, I'm a little behind here, but I, I, it's like last week I read so many. This week I read a couple. Uh, <laughs> Hulk number seven. Was that last week, I think, or two weeks ago? Yeah, and I actually just read it this week, too. So Okay. Uh, that last page, man. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think Thor 26 has come out yet. So, you know, this continues the whole, like, Thor versus... Uh, Thor versus Hulk fight that um, Tony Stark shows up in a like an old celestial that he's turned into Iron Man armor, which is awesome. Uh, absolutely awesome. So now there's three people involved in the fight. Um, Martin Cocolo's art is absolutely amazing, hands down. And Matt Wilson on the colors too, between like the the like dark purples and blues and the the like red hot fire from like the fights and stuff. It, it's, it's awesome. Uh, and then like, you know, Thor and Tony are talking together. Like Thor's like, you, you need to stay out of this fight. Um, and, and the problem is that the Hulk doesn't know he's not in a simulation. Like Bruce Banner is trying to like explain that to them while they're, while they keep fighting him. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, Odin gets involved again and kind of like takes, takes like a, a form, like a physical form with the hammer and like slams it down on Hulk. Um, and then Hulk suddenly gets a new power. He gets like gamma vision, (laughs) gamma ray vision, like heat vision with his eyes and like blasts the hole through Odin, which is pretty crazy. Um, and then as it was a fun moment. Yeah. So he has like Mjolnir, or I guess it's not Mjolnir anymore, right? Is it still that? It still um, is Mjolnir. Okay. 
is like on top of Hulk and he's pissed off. So he pretty much like he, he lets out so much energy that he gives off like a gamma bomb. Uh, and it was like the, the force of 3000 gamma bombs to be exact. <laughs> and it's just Tony Stark there. Like, okay, what happened? And then all of a sudden uh, Thor, <laughs> Thor is now Hulk. Um, so they've like combined from the blast and the last panel is like a giant, Hulk with the blonde hair and like the cape and everything. And it says Thor smash this, <laughs> this series has been wild. I can't wait to buy the trade of this <laughs> and have it on my <laughs> shelf. Cause this is so much fun. I uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. I love the, the, eye the, the heat vision moment. Cause like, they're like, did, uh, has Hulk ever been able to shoot lasers out of his eyes? Like, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think so. He now. Just, yeah. He just did. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was really cool. Okay, and I had Justice League Road to Dark Crisis number one. This kind of gives you a glimpse of all different heroes and where they're at um, before the Dark Crisis happens. So we have a whole slew of team-up people. We have Joshua Williamson, Dan Jurgens, uh, uh, Jeremy Adams, Rosie Camp, Chuck Brown, Fico Osio, Philip Kennedy Johnson, uh, Leia Del Duca, Stephanie Phillips, yo, what up, Stephanie? Uh, Clayton Henry, and a lot of different cover artists and variant covers and stuff. Um, we we get an overview of like you know where the heroes are since the Justice League died. So you have uh, the Flash. Uh, the Flash is the first story um, about. Uh, so this is Wally West Flash, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wally West Flash with um, the family involved and like talking about um, how how to carry on after Barry's gone. So there's not really anything like nothing really crazy comes out of this. It's just like Wally carrying on as the Flash. Like I think it was just establishing, okay, he's going to be our main Flash right now, and he goes to run and well, take on some of it. He's the main Flash in the Flash book too. Yeah. So, we just don't read Flash, so yeah, you know, we just don't read Flash. So I think that's kind of like what, what they're trying to catch us up on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Green Lantern story was pretty sick. The art was amazing. Uh, he's fighting some um, creature in space that he actually needs help with, and um, he gets he gets the help of the new Aquaman. I guess he's he is calling himself Aquaman now. Uh, yes. And I don't, I don't remember his name. I don't know if you're reading Jackson Hyde, Jackson Hyde. Thanks. And, uh, it's like a team up between green lantern and him and how they, how they defeat this alien. Uh, and then, and then they're kind of like green lanterns, like, Hey, you're going to have to step it up because we all need your help. And he's like, I'm ready. So he's like, okay, he's our new Aquaman. <laughs> uh, I think they're, you know, they're setting up our new justice league. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and then we get uh, we get this whole scene of uh, before the fall of the Justice League. So we have Pariah like having these people come and visit him and give him visions of like um, of like how he can save. He he needs to build the machine that like destroys the world that also saves the world. Um, I don't really understand this whole decision yet. Like he. The, whatever's trying to guide him is telling him the multiverse is in danger. He can only save it. Um, 
It's the original crisis. Yeah. It's yeah. So that's going to be tied to, to this somehow. Right. Because he's like my great darkness this time I'll save the world, my great darkness. And he kind of, you can see that he's being poisoned by the darkness. Um, there's a, there's an old story in Gotham that involves, uh, Stephanie Kane, but, uh, what she's, they're still calling her spoiler, right? Is that, was that her name? I, I thought they called her Batgirl in this, but I could be wrong. Oh yes. Batgirl here. Yeah. They do call her Batgirl. Okay. So Stephanie Kane is Batgirl, which is cool because I do like Stephanie Kane. Um, and then it establishes that like Firefly is working with a bunch of villains. Um, and this like this whole this whole thing is not just happening in Gotham, like villains are teaming up everywhere. Um, so there's a whole like you know, Rogues Gallery at the last issue of a bunch of like uh Flash villains, uh Batman villains. Um, some just a bunch of different people's rogues galleries, and then it says to be continued Dark Crisis one. So it kind of it's like a stepping point in all the stories for it. To, to so most out. importantly, um, Firefly is working with Gentleman Ghost, the best yeah. of all those villains. Yep, um, I do see Gentleman <laughs> Ghost back there. Yeah, that's a pretty cool <laughs> shot. Uh, I think that's Kite Man with a mustache, uh, and I think Vigilante's in there. Uh, yep. And I, oh my God, Peacock. How did I miss that? Peacock is in the middle yeah. from Grant Morrison's run. Uh, it's all like, like B and C list villains. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll it say really personally, awesome. the only story I enjoyed was the pariah one. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. The rest were kind of meh for me. Yeah. Um, they didn't tell you if anyone out there is thinking about getting this. Cause they think it's going to have something that's going to be important for dark crisis. I, I don't feel like anything in here was super important being somebody that hasn't read dark crisis yet, but I don't yeah, feel like right. anything in here was like so important. You had to get it. I, yeah, especially if you were reading the justice league and everything beforehand, I think, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. I just get the feeling like you said, this is setting up who's going to be our new justice league mm-hmm. outside of maybe one or two additional characters, but, um, yeah, and I think uh, I think yeah, I'm still excited for the event. This kind of seemed like a okay, we can get a little more money <laughs> out of it. Yeah, uh, but also good on Stephanie Phillips. Hey, shout out! Um, and yeah, that's all I had this week. I only got to a couple. I'm going to catch up this week on some more stuff. Stephanie Phillips going to be at Terrificon. Nice shout out. Um, uh, okay. So I'll start with some of my last week's stuff. Uh, I caught up on Aquaman. Um, that series is really good. It brought the scavenger into it, which is like for Aquaman. That's a D list villain. So that mm-hmm. was pretty awesome. Okay. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's, it's not treading anything too new. Like it's the whole idea of the tensions between the surface world and then Atlantis, but I'm still really enjoying it. Um, you talked about this book, but DC versus Vampire Hunters number one. It was awesome. I like mm-hmm. the twist in it. The book's great. I mean, check it out. Um, and then I caught up on Punisher. So I read two and three. It all I'll say is it's okay. Um, they're trying to make Punisher a villain. 
that's their big turn. Like, let's make him a villain. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to change his whole origin to be like, he wasn't created the day his family died. They're uh, trying to make it that he was always like a sociopath and always that's like, awful. I hate like that. Like he killed his first person when he was 10. Uh, what are they doing? And with last week, I talked about uh, Devil's Reign Omega. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, so Punisher is going to be the big bad in the new Daredevil book. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to keep reading it. I'm going to keep hate reading it, but it's, yeah, don't if you're not me. Uh, yeah. Little Monsters number four. We get some backstory for some of the characters in this one, like how they became vampires. Um, spoilers, they were bitten by vampires. What? And then we get this a couple of the, the vampire group that we have is kind of split and there's some trying to help this little human girl find her home. Like they don't want to hurt anybody because they've never tasted blood before. And then the ones that stayed back and started tasting the blood of the, the human they found, which was the little girl's father um, are now off to hunt this little girl. So we've got kind of our conflict now of uh, what we're doing. Art's really great. Coloring's awesome. It's a fun book. I really enjoy it. Nice. Um, and then my two Kickstarter books that came in. Um, so Madrill PI number one. Okay. Let me see that cover. But so the whole uh, idea here is we have this uh, Madrill, um, basically the the monkey with the red ass, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it he is a PI in Toontown. So think of it as him being a PI in the Looney Tunes world. Okay. So, like, the case he has to solve is essentially the Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote have been married, mm-hmm. and somebody kills Wiley Coyote. And, <laughs> okay. like, the poor part of town is the black and white part of town. Oh, uh, wow. Well. <laughs> and, like, yeah, but it's it's very wordy, um, very heavy on uh, narrative and dialogue, but it's to set up that old kind of school, old school PI. Um, feel and i really enjoyed it the art's really great too because it's got a very cartoony style mm-hmm. so it almost has that like chip and dale kind of thing where it feels like a real story instead of a cartoonish world okay um really enjoyed it and then uh former guest of the show kevin delgado tough stuff goes to rehab nice. came out that's an amazing cover both yeah. covers did oh, you see yeah. the, the homage cover yeah i love that one yeah <laughs> it's amazing um, so it's right there in the title. He goes to rehab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he basically like hits rock bottom when he tries to get his girlfriend back and mm-hmm. to prove to her, this is a little bit of a stretch to be fair, but it's still funny to prove yeah. to her that he's not an addict. He's like, I could just take one hit of crack. So he <laughs> and then like goes into a bender. Oh my God. That's awesome. Ends up in rehab, and that's how we get his origin story of like how he became, how he's this cat that's like can talk and has this metal arm. Like, so mm-hmm. it was the origin story of that character. And then there's a whole like the mob is trying to push crack on the town, so we got to fight them and everything. It's really good, really well done. Yeah. If you like the first issue, you'll like this one. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I also got um, caffeinated hearts, and I just haven't read it yet. What was that? The Caffeinated Hearts book. Oh, I, yeah, I, I got that. Yeah, that one. Yep, it's cool because it came with a little coffee sample for the comic. Yeah. 
Well, Madril PI was two issues. I only got to read one, so I'll get to talk oh, to nice. you next week about issue two. Cool. Awesome. Mike, that's everything I had this week. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? Well, you can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter or at uh, FortressComicNews.com. You can also find the show at FortressComics underscore on Twitter. And remember, everybody, to give us the five-star review on whatever podcast you use to like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube. And if you want to go to the extra mile, patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Appreciate you all listening this week, and we'll see you all here next week. See ya. See ya.